All right, uh, take your Bible, turn with us to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter number 2. For 2024, our theme is working till He comes. Last week we looked at and spent some time looking at the work of the blood. You would understand without the sinless shed blood of Christ, we would have no remission of our sin. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22 says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Without the sinless shed blood of Christ, we'd have no redemption of our souls. Hebrews 9 and verse 12, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Without the sinless shed blood of Christ, we would have no relationship with the Savior. Hebrews 9 and verse 14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Without the sinless shed blood of Christ, we would have no reward in store. Hebrews 9 and verse 28, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Friends, truly there is wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. But not just power. There's wisdom in the work of the blood as well. And this morning, we're going to start spending some time looking into this matter of wisdom and of work through a series that I've entitled, The Wisdom of Work. And this morning, we're going to uh, now start with part one, uh, which is the beginning work, the beginning work, and we'll look here in Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 2 uh, together. Genesis chapter 2. In verse number 2, the Bible says, And on the seventh day God ended His work which He had made, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it He had rested from all His work which God created and made. So this morning we're going to talk about the beginning work. Father, I pray that You'll help us this morning Certainly we are thankful for the privilege to be here. We pray for the ones who can't be uh, this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd work in hearts and lives as only you can. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts today. Bless our time as we uh, now look at the work uh, that you began. And I pray that our hearts would be stirred and that we'd be strengthened and comforted uh, here as we consider uh, your word and your work today. We love you. We thank you for all that you have done for all that you will do. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. It's here in Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 2 that we find the first appearance of the word work in our Bibles. And this word work is defined as industry, occupation, business, or labor. Work carries with it the sense of action, motion, performance, and operation. And from our text, we find that it is God who is responsible for the work. So let's reflect on some truths about this beginning work. Now, I saw something funny uh, this week on, on social media. You know, uh, this week we had, just the other day, we had Groundhog Day. 
and I saw this thing on social media that said the pastor saw his shadow, so there'd be six extra weeks of the sermon series. (laughs) Well, that's not necessarily the case, but there'll probably be six extra points in the message this morning. So number one, and we're going to move swiftly this morning, and I just want to uh, remind us of some things and encourage our hearts today. Number one, about this beginning work, it was a profound work. It was a profound work. Flip back to Genesis chapter number 1. Let's start at the beginning. Genesis chapter number 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It was a profound work. Here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the very first words of the Bible, we see the beginning of time, of space, and of matter. We often refer to this as a trinity of trinities from the Almighty Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the great three in one, created the trinity of time, space, and matter, and each group of, th- uh, of three has three within themselves. There's time, and the three parts of time, past, present, and future. There's space from where we see length, width, and height. There's matter which we see solid, liquid, and gas. And within this group of compound components is a great mathematical truth. One times one times one equals one. So when we think of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's not one plus one plus one. It's one times one times one equals one. And here's why it's the truth. Because none can exist without the other. You can't have matter without space to put it in and time for it to exist in that space. It is within these bounds that we exist. But God has no beginning. God has no ending. He exists outside of all. And He is the Creator of all. He is the great I Am. You realize I Am. That is a present tense. So you say, when? Yes. He is. He he just am. The profound work of creation's beginning found in Genesis chapters 1 and 2 both asks and answers some foundational questions of life. Questions like this, who am I? Let me answer that for you. You're a part of God's creation. Where did I come from? You came from the program of God's creation. How did I get here? Well, it was the plan of God's creation. What am I doing here? You're supposed to fulfill the purpose of God's creation. Where am I going? Well, there's a path for God's creation. And truly, God and His work are infinitely bigger than we can wrap our finite minds around. In Isaiah chapter 46 and verse number 10, the Bible says, Remember the former things of old, For I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. I'm thankful that God exists outside of His creation. 
but He's interested about His creation. He is interested in the work of creation. So number one, it was a profound work. Number two, it was a personal work. Look with me still there in Genesis chapter number one. In verse one, it says, God created. In verse number two, it says, the Spirit of God moved. In verse number three, and God said. In verse number 27, so God created. John chapter 1 and verses 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Hey friends, God was directly and personally involved in every aspect of creation. Both from Him and for Him came everything. Psalm chapter 8 and verse 3, the Bible says, When I consider thy heavens the work of thy fingers. Psalm 33 verses 6 through 9, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses, for he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Hey, God's beginning work was profound. It was personal. Number three, it was a planned work. It was a planned work. You can look from Genesis chapter 1 verses 3 through 30 and what you'll find is God said, God saw, God divided, God called, God made, God set, God created, and God blessed. God spoke what He planned. God saw what He planned. God separated what He planned. And God scheduled what He planned. In six literal days of God's beginning work, His creation, everything was put into place for a specific purpose exactly at the point it needed to be. God's work wasn't meant to evolve into something. Now, you would understand today, we are here talking about the creation of God. He spoke everything into existence from nothing but Himself. We're not talking about evolution where nothing decided to bang into nothing. And when nothing banged into nothing, everything appeared. We're kind of weird when you think about it that way, isn't it? And we're also not talking about theistic evolution. This idea that God created some things and then stepped back and let everything uh, just finish itself out. No, God finished the work that He started. He planned the work that He started. And notice the repeated phrase. When we talk about the planned work, it was not meant to evolve into something. It was created specifically according to His plan. And you'll notice in Genesis chapter 1, the repeated phrase, after His kind. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 11, the Bible says, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after His kind. Verse 21, And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly 
after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. Verse 25, And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the ca- and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth on the earth after his kind. And then we come to verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image. You, friend, did not evolve from a tadpole. You didn't evolve from a hummingbird. You didn't evolve from a frog. You didn't evolve from a log. You were created exactly to be the person God wanted you to be. God had a plan. And that plan was profound. And that plan was personal. But number four... It was a precise work. It was a precise work. Look with me at Genesis chapter 1 again, verse 5. On the first day, God divided the day and night. Verse 8, on the second day, God divided the waters. Genesis chapter 1, verse 13. On the third day, God divided the land and sea and plant life. On the fourth day, verse 19, God divided the lights in heaven. On the the 23rd day. In the 23rd verse, on the fifth day, God divided fowl and fish. Verse 31, on the sixth day, God divided animals, insects, and mankind. It was a precise work. It's interesting, the the levels of division in each and every day as God precisely sets into place His creation as He sees fit. And I want you to notice something about the precision here. Light wasn't last and man wasn't first. Plants were put in place before plant eaters were created. The seas were formed before the sea dwellers and the dry land before the land dwellers. Job chapter 38 verses 4 through 6. The Bible says, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? Hey, there was a good plan. There was a good purpose. There was a good pattern. And it was done with God's good precision. God did not create a mess that would evolve into a masterpiece. But God created a masterpiece that mankind turned into a mess. Watch now number five. Oh, it was a profound work. It was a personal, planned, and precise work. But number five, it was a perfect work. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 31. And God saw everything that He had made. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, before the very good of verse 31, there are six individual goods for each day's work. 
Verse 4, and God saw the light that it was good. Verse 10, and God saw that it was good. Verse 12, and God saw that it was good. Verse 18, and God saw that it was good. Verse 21, and God saw that it was good. Verse 25, and God saw that it was good. And all the good parts put together perfectly now by God into very good. Each part separately pronounced good, but the whole of the parts is very good because only in the sum of the parts does each part find its perfection. All that God does is very good. All that God does is very good because all that God does is perfect just like He is. We see the beginning work was completed, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. You see that? Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. We see the beginning work was ended, not evolving. It was ended. It was finished. It was complete. It was perfect. Verse 2, And on the seventh day God ended His work which He had made, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had made. Now, although God's beginning work of creation was finished, there became a work for the creation. Number 6, It was a, or it is, a persistent work. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. It is a persistent work. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. Verse 14, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Verse 22, God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. Verse 24, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and the beast of the earth after his kind. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Notice the language in Genesis chapter 1 of continuing on. Continuing on purpose for a purpose. God's creation has a purpose. And are we living according to that purpose? It's a persistent work. We can't help but think of the word seasons when we think of this matter of persistence. That brings us to number seven. The beginning work is a protected work. It's a protected work. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14, and God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. What God means to persist, He also sets out 
to protect. If you look in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22, you'll find an interesting statement. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Hear it well today, friends. This world in their panic can cry that climate change is going to destroy the seasons and destroy the earth itself, but God said otherwise. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 20, Thus saith the Lord, If ye can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, and that there should not be day and night, in their season. There's a big question. God said, you know what? If you can do this, then you'll be able. Can God? Can man break a covenant that God made with Himself? Absolutely not. So this earth will continue as God planned, according to His plan, until... His plan is finished. You don't need to worry about some European teenage girl on TV telling you you need to plug in your car. You don't need to go buy battery everything. Do you realize if we all bought battery everything that the electrical grid in this country would go down in an instant? Oh, no, preacher, that isn't true. Then why do we have brownouts and blackouts and all of those things right now? Oh, let's just load the system more. It's green. Hogwash. Green my foot. Do a little research and you'll find out just how green it is. The only green that they see from their endeavors is the green that stuffs their wallet that they take from you. I figured you all like that. Number eight. God's beginning work. It's a profitable work. Genesis 1 verse 22. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply. Verse 24, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. You understand God created His work to carry on for His purpose and for His pleasure. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Revelation 4 and verse 11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Psalm 1 
Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So I want you to understand something today. It's God's personal work, and it's God's protected work, and it's God's personal work, and it's God's profitable work But from that verse we just read, let me give you number nine. It is a perishing work. Look with me at Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You ever wonder where that thing inside of you came from that you're fine with not wanting something until somebody tells you you can't have it? (laughs) Told you before, you know. I, I I could go all day. Uh, you know, and and not eat, and that's fine until the doctor tells me that at a certain time I can't eat for the rest of the day, and then my stomach grows three twins. That mathematically that doesn't work. One times one times one equals one. That growls like crazy, and all of a sudden I'm more hungry than I've ever been in my life, all because he said you can't eat. And here God says, you can have everything in this garden. You realize, Remember, it's God's perfect work. And Adam and Eve are placed in this perfect environment. And they walk with God each and every day. And still in this perfect environment, they chose to do what they weren't supposed to do. So friend, what makes you think that in this imperfect world, you're going to be able to do anything different? Genesis 3, verse 17, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, we'll move on, we won't stop there, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. You understand, man's sin brought the curse to God's perfect creation. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And because of the curse, one day this earth will be consumed. Second Peter chapter number 3 and verse 10. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, 
in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. God's beginning work was a perfect work. Because of man's sin, now it's a perishing work. You say, preacher, I need some good news. Here it comes. Thank God that Christ's death brought the cure for the curse. Number 10 this morning. God's beginning work is a preserving work. God's beginning work, it is a preserving work. Look with me at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. That's a very important wording there. Think about biology for a minute, folks. Where does the seed come from? The man. Except in this case. The only time you'll see this. I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. From the very beginning, God planned his work of redemption to preserve what he created. Revelation 13 and verse 8 reminds us that Christ is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Turn with me to Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3, as you're turning, let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verses 20 through 22. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 22 says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. It's a preserving work. God made no mistake. Second Peter chapter three verse nine. Second Peter chapter three verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. All should come. I wish all would come. I really do. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, 
wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. We, according to His promise, we who? Those who've trusted in Christ's finished work. Those who are born again by the blood of the crucified one. Those who have now received Christ's righteousness on their account. And it says at the end in verse 13, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Remember Psalm 1, verse 6. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now look with me, Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 14. And we're done. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of Him in peace, without spot, and blameless. Without question, God's work of creation is seen all around us. And God's now profound and personal work, His, uh, His now protected work, His persisting Work, the work that mm, the curse because of man's sin has now put on this path to perish. God has still made a way for you and for me to escape. And that way is Jesus Christ. And He's coming again. Are you ready for Him to come again to put a close to His beginning work? I give you one statement. And we'll pray. Don't perish when you can partake of His saving grace. If you're here today without Christ, friend, God wants you to be saved. He's made the way that you can be saved. He's done the work so you can be saved. All you have to do is receive His gift. Saved, friend, there's no need to fear. God's plan is working out exactly as God planned. Our heads are bowed this morning. We'll pray.